On 21st of April, we celebrated Easter. After that, what happens? Have we forgotten about Easter already? That was about one month ago. And there are some Christians who celebrate Easter only once a year. Not just once a year, one day a year. Not, only, not, not, not one day a year, two hours a year in a service. And after that, they forget about Easter already. That's why I do not want you all to forget about Easter or the resurrection. And last week or the week before, you know, we talk about living the resurrection life taken from Mark chapter 16, verse 1 to verse 8, and that Jesus Christ is risen. I believe the whole passage, Mark chapter 1, uh, rather chapter 16 until verse 20, is anointed of God and it is the word of the Lord, is in the word of the Lord for us. No, but I took it just from Mark chapter 16, verse 1 to verse 8, the resurrection life, that's the kind of life that God wants to give to us. A Sunday school teacher was just explaining the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ in a class. And she took two pieces of wood and made it into the shape of a crude cross and said how the people just nailed Jesus to the cross and he died. And the little boy was listening intently and put his hands to the mouth and said, oh no, that's bad. And the, quick, the teacher quickly added, but then it did not end there because after three days, Jesus rose again from the dead and the boy with big eye just interjected and said, wow, that's totally awesome. I like the response of that boy. It's totally awesome, isn't it? The resurrection of Jesus Christ is what? Totally awesome. It changes everything. It is the event in history, the most important event in history, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, no other religion can celebrate Easter. Only Christianity can celebrate Easter. No other religion has that. Gautama Buddha died in the year about 400 BC. And he was buried, according to Buddhist tradition, in Kushinaga in the Mala province or Mala Republic. He was dead. Muhammad, he died in 632 AD at the age of 62. And he was buried in a mosque, Al-Majid al-Nabawi in Medina, one of the first mosques that he himself built. All other founders of religion and philosophies, they are dead and buried. But Jesus Christ, when he was dead, he was buried. Yes, but it was a borrowed tomb. After all, you don't need to buy the place because you are going to use it for only three days. Why buy the property when you, 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 are going to, you know that you are going to use it for only three days? 
And so he was buried in a borrowed tomb. And after that, he rose again from the dead. And you go there nowadays, he's empty. Jesus is risen. Somebody say, hallelujah. Totally awesome. Amen. Come on, give him a big hand. The resurrection changes everything. It is the basis of our faith. It is so important. The apostles constantly preach about it. They were willing to lay down their lives for this one fact. Jesus is risen. And life is great because of that. And today, we can celebrate. He is risen. And so this morning, I'd like to talk about the resurrection again. But I just want to focus on one word. And you are going to learn one Greek word today. Is that good? You're going to learn one powerful Greek word today. And the word that I'd like to focus on this morning is, he is what? Reason. The word reason. What it is and what it implies and how it applies to each and every one of us. Living life right now with all its challenges. We are talking about the resurrection, the greatest event that changed history. The words that changed history was brought by a young man or an angel of the Lord that appeared to the women when they went to the tomb. And the angel says, I know who you are looking for. He is not here. He is risen. Friends, those are the words that change the entire world, even right up till today. It changes my life, and I hope that it will change yours. My text is taken from Mark chapter 1, verse 29 to verse 31. It may seem like a strange text to you to talk about the resurrection, but I'll lead it to somewhere. Now, as soon as they had come out of the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew, with James and John, by Simon's wife's mother, lay sick with a fever, and they told him about her at once. So he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she served them. Mark started his gospel in Mark chapter 1, verse 1, with these simple words. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ the Son of God. There he already laid out his thesis. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And in just a few brief 16 chapters, he proved indeed that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. In what he did, in what he said. And one of the first things that Jesus did was he entered into the synagogue on a Sabbath day, and he delivered and set free a demon-possessed man. And after that, he went to Simon Peter's house, and there was the second healing recorded by Mark. And that was the healing of Peter or Simon Peter's mother-in-law. Incredible, actually. To us, it's nothing. But hey, in Jewish society where women are not looked upon too favorably, at least in society, 
The second miracle was performed on a woman, a sick woman. And he immediately shows us that Jesus set no boundaries at all. He comes to just break every barriers and stigma that we may have in society. And he raised up even a woman. And so this morning, I'd like to share about raise up, reach out. Everybody say raise up, raise up, reach out. Raise up and reach out. Our God is a God who raises up people. We have to understand that. It is found even throughout the Bible, in the Old and in the New Testament. And so here was Simon Peter's mother-in-law. The Bible tells us that she was laid down, actually. And she had a sickness. Mark says she had fever. Now, is fever a serious sickness or not? If your spouse or if your children had a fever, are you, wow, kanchong, you know, oh, life and death issue, you know, and that kind of thing. Now, to us, fever may seem like a small thing. But actually, in those days, it is a big thing. Because around the region of the Sea of Galilee, and this happened in Capernaum near Galilee, and there was marshy land, and so... You know, fever was quite common. They do not have the modern medicine that we have today. What kind of fever is it? Of course, we have uh, uh, the most serious. It's called Malta fever. And it can drag on for about six months, and the end of it usually ends in death. There is a typhoid fever, of course, and, you know, and then there is also malaria. So we do not know what kind of fever she was suffering from. But Luke, being a daughter, he gives us even more detail. In Luke chapter 4, verse 38, Luke says that Peter's mother-in-law had a high fever. Not just fever, but a high fever. And the word for high there is actually from the Greek word mega. That means it's a mega fever, not just a slight fever. And it is not just a symptom, but it is a disease in itself. You know, and there was a burning high temperature that caused her to be stricken and she was completely laid down in bed. She cannot get up. She could have, you know, Peter and, 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 and the family and could have sought all the help that they could get for her, but she wasn't any better. And it was at a point of death. If not treated, it will be at a point of death. So she was laid out in bed, in bed. Have you been in that position before when you are totally laid out in bed and you know how it feels, right? I mean, you got no appetite. You cannot get up. You cannot even go to the toilet. You are sick and maybe you sleep most of the time, but you wake up with pain, aching all over and it's terrible. So they told Jesus about her and Jesus went into the room. Bible says he came. Aren't you glad that Jesus always comes at the right time? Whatever your needs are, He comes to us. God does not reject us and turn us away, but rather He came. In fact, Luke tells us, he came, not only He came to her, but He stood over her. That means she was laying 
flat down on the bed, couldn't even get up, couldn't even speak, but Jesus stood over her. How close Jesus is, how personal He is to each and every one of us when we are in need. He doesn't reject us, He doesn't shun us, but God who comes close to us and, and, and watches over us. And then, listen carefully, He says, and took her by the hand. Stretch of the hand, took her by the hand. And this is a very important word that you will find all over in the scriptures. Took her by the hand. And that in itself is a taboo in Jewish society. You don't touch a woman. Women are not allowed to touch other men. In fact, they are, they are not allowed to appear before other men. That's why for most of the time, they are secluded in the house. But Jesus broke down all barriers. The boundaries of heaven and earth was broken by Jesus Christ. And the moment he reached out for her hand, the Bible says he lifted her up and immediately she was healed. And that's where we get the word, and lifted her up. Jesus lifted her up. Different translation, put it differently. Jesus helped her up. Jesus raised her up. But the Greek word is the same. The word lifted up is the same as when the angel says, He's not here. He is risen. It's the same words that were used at the tomb of Jesus Christ in the announcement of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He is risen. Jesus took her by the hand and raised her up. And the Greek word that's used is called igairo. Everybody say igairo. Igairo. That's a very powerful word used at least 141 times in the New Testament. Igairo. Which means awaken. To raise to rouse, to leave, to cause to arise. All right, different word for the English, but it's all the same for the Greek, egairo. And the word suggests new power is imparted to those laid low by illness, unclean spirits, or even death, so that the person may rise up again. It is used not just for the resurrection, raising from the dead, but Mark, whenever he talk about healing, you know, uh, the, 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 the healing that Jesus performed, he would use the word igairo. You know, Jesus raised up the person. Even in a casting out, out of the de uh, casting of demons out, you know, the person is raised up. Raised up to life. Raised up to new purpose. Raised up in power. The word igairo is the language of God in raising up even the people, His creation, His people. That is the very nature of God to cause His people to rise up as He raised up Jesus Christ from the dead. In Mark chapter 5, verse 41, and also repeated in Luke chapter 8, verse 51, there was Jesus raising up even the dead. And this is a story of Jairus' daughter. Jairus came, came to Jesus and appealed to Jesus, please come. 
please come to my house because my, my daughter is at the point of death. She was still alive, but at the point of death. So Jesus says, okay, let's go. But along the way, there was this crowd that was, you know, surging forward with Jesus Christ, and there was this one woman with an issue of blood, hemorrhage for 12 years. She has tried everything, but she wasn't healed. And then there was Jesus passing by, and her hand just touched, just brushed the hem of the garment of Jesus, the end of the robe of Jesus Christ. And immediately, she felt something different in her body. Her pain was gone. Her shame was gone. Her, she felt something different in her body, and she was healed. Quietly, she was already healed and she rejoiced and said, wow, now I feel different. But Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? She was identified, she came forward. And oh, Jesus, Jesus complimented her faith, you know, and there was rejoicing. But as this was taking place, the disciples were getting impatient and, J and Jairus was just wringing his hand. When is he going to get to see my daughter? And there the woman, woman was just uh, telling her story and Jesus was smiling and they were having a good time, conversation. And the people were amazed. But then suddenly somebody came, the servant of Jairus came and said, very carelessly, very carelessly, without feeling, your daughter is dead. Don't bother the master anymore. Your daughter has just died. Oh, you can see the feeling, the face of Jairus. His face dropped. His hope died. His hope that was raised up so high died suddenly because of this one woman who interrupted Jesus Christ. Time was critical and the opportunity is gone. He thought, Jesus had forgotten me. Jesus had forgotten my daughter. But Jesus turned and looked at him and says, don't be afraid. Let's go. Jesus never forgets you. Never. So they went along and it must be a very quiet journey. They reached the house and there was a wailing and weeping. And Jesus says, what's all this wailing and weeping? She's not dead. She's only sleeping. Jesus always have a different story for us. Don't you like it? Different look at our situation in a different perspective. His story is always different. I like it. Says she's not dead. She's sleeping. Put everybody out and went into the room. And this is what happened. Then he took the child by the hand. Again, the same thing. He took the child by the hand and said to her, Talita Kumi. This is in Aramaic. In the original, it's not even translated, but the translation is given for us, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. But it's spoken Aramaic. Little girl. Actually, the, the word little girl comes from the, the Hebrew sense of the little lamb. It was a word of affection. It is the same kind, same, same, same word that you find in the book of Revelation where the lion and the lamb will be together. Now, little lamb, little child, my creation, my beloved. And it says here, 
I say to you, arise. The word arise in the Hebrew sense has the same meaning as igairo. Rise up. Arise. Now when Jesus says, little girl, I say to you, rise up. It's not like you mothers who knock on your daughter's door and say, get up, girl, it's time to go to school. Get up, girl, it's time to go to church. And the girl may continue to sleep on. Don't bother about you. It's not the same way. This is, almost, this is a command. It's the same command that he taught to Lazarus. Lazarus, come out. It is filled with power. It is filled with power. And the girl who was dead rose up. The power of Igairo, rise up, rise it up in, with new power. It is like, it is almost as Jesus is saying, my little girl, my little lamb, I have yet a plan for you. It is not your time yet. I have a destiny for your life, a new life to give to you. And new life surged into her body and she was presented life to the parents. Igairo. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is not just for him alone. As the word Igairo shows, right from the beginning, even Peter's mother-in-law experienced resurrection. This little girl experienced resurrection. He is a God who raises us up. Somebody say, Amen. He is a God who raises us up. In Psalms 113, verse 7, and also in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 8, He raises up the poor from the dust. He leaves the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. Friends, there's our God. God of resurrection, God who raises up, not just the physically dead, but even the poor and those who are sitting in ashes, those who are in sorrow, those who are in pain, those who are, who are in shame, those who are in guilt. He raises up those who are sitting in the ashes and causes you to sit on thrones that He created for each and every one of us. Our faith, therefore, should be in this God, as 1 Peter 1, 21 says. He, the God who raised up Jesus Christ, the God who raised up His people. Our faith is in Him and in Him alone. Amen? Hallelujah. Come on, give Jesus a big hand. Hallelujah. But Jesus raised up Peter's mother-in-law. Jesus raised up this 12-year-old kid not just to display his power, not just to be a celebrity. And all the miracles that he did, especially with regard to raising up, is for a purpose. There is a purpose to raise, not for his name's sake. What is the purpose of God? In all this raising up. You see, when we are raised up, we are restored to life and calling. In a Jewish concept, when a person is sick, that means that calling, that dignity in life is almost washed out. 
What can you do when you are laid down, stricken in bed, cannot do anything in life? It is a cut off from life. It is a cut off from society, from the community. That's why when Peter's mother-in-law was raised up, she immediately started serving. I mean, you have been sick for a while. And Jesus just lifted her up and lo and behold, she regained her full strength. She was restored to life, her calling and her dignity and she began to serve. The Bible says, the restoration is so that we are restored to life and to our calling. What is our calling, my brothers and sisters? It is, first of all, we rise up as God has raised it up and then we begin to reach out and then we begin to raise others up. That is our calling. Your calling, my calling for each and every one of us. You see, God is awakening, raising up His people into a vibrant life and relationship with Him. That's the real purpose. He raises us up to have that vibrant relationship with Him. And the picture, the symbol that's given here in Romans chapter 6, verse 4, 5, and 11 is that of baptism. We are dead to sins. Or dead in sins. And then, when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and take a step in water baptism, we are buried in the water with Him. And when we get up from the water, we are raised to new life. The resurrected life in Jesus Christ. So therefore, we consider ourselves dead to sin, alive to God in Christ Jesus. We are now alive in God, in Christ Jesus. So we are likened, all right? I mean, I mean, our identification with Jesus Christ, His death, burial, resurrection, we ourselves go through it as well. Not that we are crucified on the cross, but when we go into that water, it symbolizes the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Every one of us experience what Jesus Christ has gone through. It's for each and every one of us. So the acts of Jesus Christ is not just He's alone, but also for the body of Christ, calling us, raising us up to a new relationship with Him. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Our mortal bodies. Many times we look down. Sometimes in contempt upon our own bodies. But no, we are the, our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. We are given a new life and the spirit of God dwells in us. In these mortal bodies of yours, don't think that you are always weak. Don't think that this body is always succumbing to temptations and you have no, no, no power over it. No, the spirit who dwells in you will give you the power in this mortal body to fulfill the call of God in your life. Therefore, in Ephesians 5.14, he says, awake you who sleep. Now the word sleep is not dead, all right? It is spiritually dead. Yes, you know, and we are not active to the call of God. We are not answering the call of God. Awake! Rise up! You who sleep, arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. I think one of the most powerful passages is found in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to verse 7. 
But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, that's, that's, that's who we, we were, dead in trespasses, dead in sin. You and I, we were dead in sin at one time. Even when we were dead in sin, the Bible says He made us alive together with Christ. Hallelujah. And raised us up. Igairo, He raised me up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And the promise, verse 7, that in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us. In Christ Jesus. Oh, there's so much in this verse. So, so, so much in these few verses. But you will notice that the first part is always in the past tense. We were, we were, we were. It's in the past tense. It's done. It's a done deal for us. Hallelujah. Yes, we were dead in trespasses. But now He made us alive. Made us alive. Raised us up together. The greatest resurrection is that of a sinner. Lost and undone, been raised to new life in Christ Jesus. We cannot compare, of course, the raising of the physically dead and those sinners who are dead in their sin. But you look at the lives of those drug addicts in life zone, transformed by God, and you can only say, God... You are wonderful. Who can ever change them? You look at your own life, what you were before, dead in trespasses, and now transformed by the power of Almighty God. Brothers and sisters, all of us are going to experience two kinds of resurrection. Two kinds. The first kind is here. When we were dead in trespasses, Jesus made us alive. And that act of salvation, sealed with baptism, is our first resurrection. When we were spiritually dead, Christ raised us up and we become alive in Christ Jesus. Aren't you thankful that we are alive in Christ? Amen? Hallelujah! I'm always thankful. If not for the grace of God, I don't know where I will be today. Yeah, somebody said I will be a chief gangster. I did all kinds of wild things, but by the grace of God, I experienced my first resurrection on 27 January 1975. But my friends, that's not the end. There's going to come a second resurrection. And these mortal bodies shall be resurrected in the glorified body that Christ has promised for us that is still in the future for every one of us who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have this promise, my friends. It says that in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and He will show the second resurrection even for each and every one of us. You see, we Christians are the only ones who have hope. Those who are without Christ, actually, they are without hope. Their hope is only in this life. And after that, what happens? There's no hope. They don't know. But we have the promise of God. We have the promise of God. 
He will show us His exceeding riches of His glory in that new body that all of us are going to have. It's going to be a great body. I have one gap here in between my teeth, but in the glorified body, I'm going to have a complete set of teeth. Beautiful, shiny, straight set of teeth with full hair. <laughs> Hallelujah! Glory to God! I can just imagine myself now. And it's not going to be limited. I don't know how we are going to travel, but it's going to be fantastic. And each one of us, those who have gone before us, and those that will follow one of these days, we are going to have the second resurrection. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. But the greatest resurrection happened right now when Christ touched sinner and raised him up to a new life and gave him a new calling. And that's who we are, my friends. God will raise us up, not just from our sins, but given us new power in life. God will raise us up to new heights to accomplish all that He has called us to be. Raise up. But we are raised up. We rise up in order that we may also reach out like Jesus and raise others up like Jesus that we may have a heart for God and hands for others. Friends, it's not just for ourselves, but so that we may follow the example of Jesus Christ. Now in Acts chapter 3, there was Peter and John walking down, and there by the gate, beautiful, they met a person that was lame from birth, couldn't get up. And the Bible says, Peter stopped and looked at that man. And as Peter stopped and looked at that man, he remembered what Jesus did to his mother-in-law. And the mother-in-law was stricken with fever and laid on the bed, couldn't get up. And he remembered what Jesus did, what Jesus said. And Peter did exactly the same. He's a good student. He learned from Jesus. And so here he was, saw that lame man. And Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up, Igairo, and walk. He gave the command, and after that, the same act, he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. Lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones receive strength. Friends, there are a lot of people who need that lifting. There are a lot of people who need that help to be lifted up. And Peter gave that man hope. And what is the purpose of lifting up? Now we know that there are so many needs all around people that we try to lift up in life, and after that, they become dependent on us, and they are always looking for aid and all those kind of things. But the end result is not that. Because after that, the Bible says, the man rose up, and after that, he was walking and leaping and praising God. Friends, that's why we want to lift up the people, so that they can walk by themselves, so that they can jump by themselves, so that they can praise the Lord. 
to see somebody raise up and able to walk and leap and praising God. Oh, how joyful that may be. How joyful that is, really. And then after that, in Acts chapter 9, there was another occasion. Again, here is a reflection. But this time, you know, Peter was invited to go to a house where somebody had died. If somebody had died and invited you as a cell leader to come and pray, will you do it? Come on, cell leader. Even pastor, hey, 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 let the date bury the date, we say. But no, Peter said, okay. And so Peter went in. And then, again here, he remembered Jairus' daughter. What did Jesus do to Jairus' daughter? He put everybody out. He brought in only the disciples because those who don't have faith, all right, get out, all right. And uh, so he went in. And so uh, likewise, uh, Peter did that. He followed Jesus, exactly what Jesus did. He put them all out. And then after that, he did one additional thing. Hey, when you're talking about the date, the really date, all right, you better pray. So he got down on his knees and prayed. This is by the hand of God. It has to be God and nothing else. And turning to the body, he said, you remember what Jesus said, Talita kumi. In Aramaic. And now he says, Tabitha, arise. Gave the same command as Jesus did. And she opened her eyes and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Wow. Immediately, she was resurrected. Raised up. Igairo. And then after that, he gave her his hand and lifted her up. Hey, she's already healed. She's already raised to life. But this act of lifting her up, you see the picture? Every time he's just lifting somebody up. Every time Jesus just lifted somebody up. Peter did the same thing, lifted somebody up. Oh, in life there are so many people that are downtrodden and out and need a lifting. They need to be lifted up. You don't have to be a super apostle to do that. Every one of us can help somebody up in life. Even your prayer, even your prayer, the prayer of faith, God will use to raise somebody up. Somebody is sick, you just lay a hand. Pray the prayer of faith. God will raise the person up. And like Peter, even though the person is already healed, many times they need help in being raised up to life again. Give people a chance. Oh, people need to be raised up. How many, how many of us in life need that kind of raising up? When life has thrown us a curveball, when we are downtrodden, when we are out for the moment, when we fall, we need somebody to help us, to raise us up. We see that happening at the altar here. When people are slain by the Spirit, you know, and they lay down there for a while, and after that they try to get up and thank God. Our altar workers are always well when they see somebody already waking up and trying to get up, they will go over and raise a person up. That's the kind of church we are. Raising people up, hallelujah. 
to life, to dignity, to the full call of God and restoration in life for each and every one, no matter who they are. We rise by lifting others. Booker Washington says, if you want to lift yourself up, lift up someone else. Elizabeth Lesser says, look for a way to lift someone up and if that's all that you do, that's enough. A phone call, a letter, a word of encouragement, an act of kindness that can help to raise somebody up who is down in the spirit, down in the ash heap. Our call is to raise them up as Jesus Christ has raised us up and caused us to be seated in heavenly places in that position of authority and power. Somebody says there's no better exercise for the heart than lifting people up. You want to exercise your heart, don't just lift weights. Many of us say go to the gym and lift weights. But the best exercise for the heart is lifting up people. Hallelujah. When they are lifted up, it's good for your heart. It's good for your soul. That's our calling, my brothers and sisters. You all know the song. You raise me up. So that I can stand on mountains. You raise me up to be more than I can be. The word that you may refer to God, but it may refer to you as well when you raise up somebody. There's a story of somebody who needs a resurrection in life. And there's a story of that boy, Martin Pistorius in South Africa. He, was, he wrote a book called Ghost Boy. That, thought, that was his autobiography. But at the age of 12, he was struck with the disease. It is a very, very rare disease that caused him to be crippled, to be confined to the wheelchair, and it immobilized his whole body. And it is a degenerative kind of a disease. And he says it causes the brain to become like that of a baby. So from age 12 to age 16, he was unconscious. It was a degenerative disease. And, but somehow, miraculously, he regained consciousness. But nobody knew about it. He couldn't speak. His whole body was immobilized, paralyzed. But he regained consciousness, but nobody knew about it. Until one day, a caregiver looked at him and looked at his eyes. And it is as if he was able to respond with her communication through his eyes. That's the only organ left. And she quickly called the parents and said, hey, come on, let's get him tested. So they tested him and lo and behold, they discovered that for the past six years, actually, he has regained consciousness, but nobody knew about it. 
And he said his life during those years was just like a potted plant. People just pour water on it and then leave it in the corner. It was frustrating. It was lonely. He couldn't communicate. He couldn't say anything until the caregiver noticed his eyes. And after that, through years of care, lifting him, his, his, his life, his lifeless body, you know, lifting him up, turning him here and there. And then after that, through the computer speech therapy, he was able to recover and to live life again. But for 12 years, he was like a dead person needing a resurrection until the caregiver noticed him. And today, he's alive, happily married. And only this morning, before the service, I checked the website, Martin Pistorius. And he says, web designer. Wow, he's now a web designer. <laughs> Thank God for somebody, the caregiver who lifted him up. People need resurrection, care, help, notice attention, whatever it is. Friends, will you rise up? Will you reach out? Will you raise up somebody? Maya Angelou, the poet says, I rise, I rise, I rise. Friends, this is the resurrected life that all of us have experienced in Christ Jesus. And now God calls us to rise up, rise up and raise up even others who need that resurrection so very badly. Igairo, raise up, awaken. In fact, if you Google, you'll find the word, there are Igairo churches everywhere. That means they are talking about awakening church. Churches that are awake, not sleeping. Churches that are alive in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. We want to be that Igairo church, amen? We want to be that Igairo Christian who have experienced the raising up power of God and who, like Jesus Christ, extend that raising up even to others. So church, is this our prayer? Raise me, Lord. Raise me that I may raise others. Like Peter and like everybody else that love God and have experienced the power of God and doing the work of the ministry. Raise up. Reach out. Because our God is one who raises up people and our call is to do the same. Shall we pray?